On this week's episode, Stephanie ruins our lives with the name of the wind. Do you feel good about that? Do you feel good about what you did? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe? Good. I don't know. Okay, cool. Welcome to Ruin My Life, a podcast about forcing your friends to like the things you like. I'm one of your hosts, Jason Edwards. I'm your secondary host, Kelsey Goldman. And, uh, oh, wait, oh, there's someone else here in the room with us. I'm sorry, here in the studio. Hello. Oh, friend of the podcast. It's Stephanie Walker. Stephanie Walker. Hey, Stephanie. Hi. How you doing? I'm good. How about you guys? G- good. Doing good. Thanks for coming. Anytime. Wow, it's so it, we've, it's been so long since we had a guest. It has been a long time since we had a guest. And this is the this is a is this I'm, I'm hearing is this true? This is the first guest we've ever had that does not live in this apartment. That is correct. Woo! But is not the first guest we've ever had that doesn't live with us. Doesn't live with one of us. Oh, I see what you're saying. Because she does live with one of us. Because she lives with me. And which one is is that you? I'm Kelsey. Because we don't. Record. Hi, I'm Jason. We, we welcome, don't. Welcome to ruin my life. <laughs> We don't record in our apartment ever, because <laughs> of the train. <laughs> and the mics are here. And the mics. The are microphones here. are here. Installed. The mics are transportable. Yes, I mean no, because we're in a studio right now, and it's very <laughs> professional. And the mics are um, hooked into the wall. I guess. <laughs> I've never been into a studio, except the one I'm in right now. Oh. I'm blind. Anyway, uh, Stephanie, who are you? Tell us a little about yourself. Well, Kelsey, why don't you start? Who is Stephanie? Who is Stephanie? Yeah. Stephanie is my roommate. And she has been my roommate for... Five years in New York. Five years in New York. We met in college. Plus one in college. Plus one in college. Yeah, we met in college. We met the first week of college. Became good friends. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I'm from Texas. I live here. (laughs) In New York City. In New York City. Brooklyn, Brooklynville. Brooklynville? Just Brooklyn. Oh, we just call it Brooklyn now? I think it, for a while it's been called that. <laughs> I see. Well, it was great having you. <laughs> I'll go now. <laughs> uh, yeah, have a, good, have a good night. Have a good drive yeah, home. See ya. Uh, no, we're here to talk about something today. Oh, right. I made you read a book. You made yes. us read? Oh, man. Yeah. I know you guys were super not looking forward to it. <laughs> I think we've been complaining about it for like for a like few months now. For like the last now. four podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> But you did it. We did, we did it. We did it. Well, I wouldn't say we necessarily read a book. We we consumed a book. We consumed a book. Good enough for me. We read it slash, I read slash listened to it. Yeah. Kelsey, you pretty much just. I pretty much just listened to it. I just reread the last like eight chapters looking for that quote that I wanted to find. But I reread most of it. Did not get to the end. <laughs> um. So the thing we did. The thing, the book that we have read, which you already know if you've listened to the first five seconds of the podcast, <laughs> is Patrick Rothfuss, his, uh, his, his book, The Name of the Wind, <laughs> The King Killer Chronicle, Day One. Is that it? There's no more subtitles? No, that's it. That's the whole book. Okay. okay. <laughs> and it is a fantasy novel from 2007 about a hero named, quote? Or Roth? Quoth. Or Quoth. Quoth. It's about, a, it's about a hero named Quoth, a hero mythic. of a mythic hero named Quoth who's spoken of only in legend and mystery and stories. Okay, so the, the story of the book is that there's a framing device wherein um, Quoth is in hiding as an innkeeper at a small town in this fantasy world. And someone tracks him down and says, tell me your story. And Quoth sort of begrudgingly agrees to do, to do so. And proceeds and then to... then talks for three days. And talks for three days straight. <laughs> Well, for one day. In, yeah, in the so far. <laughs> so the book is a, it's a planned trilogy. There have been two books released. We only read the first one. Yes. Oh, uh, God. It was, it was, <laughs> uh, probably could not have gotten much traction on reading the whole, uh, all, all two books. But the, the conceit is that, quote, is, decides he's going to speak for three straight days about his life story. And in this, we get the first day's worth of story, along with some occasional interludes back in the present day in the bar. Which I would like to say... The audiobook is 27 hours long. Like More than a day. It's more than a day, first of all. And that's if he was speaking for 24 hours straight, which he wasn't. They went to bed. It is fiction. <laughs> 
Are you I'm saying, just saying he's, you, a, he's a tad verbose. He's a tad, yes, I think he's a tad <laughs> verbose. Stephanie, was that a fair summary of the basic outline of the book that I gave? I think so, yeah. Would you yeah, any, it's you, a heary hero. <laughs> whatever that is, a hero. He's a heary. <laughs> and he's, he's telling about his life. That seems about right. Yeah, there's not really... Um, well, it's not really any other way to describe it because you don't want to give too much more of the story away. Yeah. And also, there's not much more of a story than that. Yeah. Don't let your feelings out too early. <laughs> we might as well get into it now. Um, no, I, just want, I want to lay the groundwork properly before we, before we rip this thing a new one. This is the Takedown Podcast. <laughs> uh, no, it's Switching not. gears. This, this, this is a celebration of, of beloved things. Yeah. Um, so, Stephanie. Yes. When did you first... Uh, learn the name of the wind. Did we learn the name of the wind? I don't think we ever learned like it. It's a I big mystery. There, that was good. Yeah, that was good. good. It was good. The name of the wind, as we all know, is George. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler spoiler <laughs> warning spoiler for alert. book two of the King Killer Chronicle. George. I, th- I don't think that comes to the third book. I'm going to be honest. That's the name of the third book. George. George. <laughs> so I first heard about the name of the wind um, from Hank Green. Mm. Oh. Of the Blog Blo- Brothers. <laughs> I can't speak very well. The Blog Brothers. <laughs> the Blog Brothers. Um, he mentioned it and said, this is a really good book. And I looked it up. And probably a while later, I read it, which I think it was while we were in New York. It was probably 2013, 2014, something like that. A couple years ago. And it clearly, you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Because you have, an, unlike the rest of us... <laughs> At the read, table. Read the second one. I read the second one. Yeah. I read the short story. I, I would like the third one to come out. I also, I recommended it to, it to my father, and he really liked it. Um, I, I'd given it to him. I like this story, but I'd given it to him for Christmas, like, two years ago. And he had put off reading it, and he started reading it right before we were going on a summer vacation. And he called me up, and he goes, I started that book you gave me. Unfortunately, I have to cancel vacation. I have to stay here and read this book. <laughs> what was it about the book that really captured your interest to such a degree that it... Um... That I wanted to ruin your lives with it? Yeah. Why do you like it so much? I just... I liked the story. I liked the writing. I like some fantasy stuff, and I just enjoyed it. I don't have, like, a really specific reason. That's cool. So... But I just liked it. Yeah. Do you read a lot of fantasy stuff, or just... What, is, is, how, much of that, how much of your reading diet does that comprise? I mean, I wouldn't say it's the largest part. The largest part is probably like young adult, well, kind of young adult, like paranormal. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't call it like fantasy. Yeah, like, it's the, slightly different. The yeah. style of fantasy is very specific, I feel like. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. young adult stuff is slightly different than like adult fantasy. Um, but I have read some of it. I mean, I read Game of Thrones, um, and I've read a couple other series since you read the Tolkien books I read I love the Hobbit I read two and a half of the Lord of the Rings I didn't finish the third book but I, yeah I and I, I read like everything like okay Stephanie oh, what is your uh books per week yeah your BP dubs Ruff, roughly <laughs> I mean uh it really depends because sometimes I'll go through a lot and sometimes I won't go through that many I mean last year like on my Goodreads challenge I read like 107 books, maybe? So that's about two books a week, which is a lot, I think. Yeah, honestly, I didn't even stop to think about the fed, the fact that the phrase books per week implies there's more than one being <laughs> book being finished in a week. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's good. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah. Thanks. So you are a voracious reader sure, of yeah, books. I, I would say that. Would you say they're mostly fiction books? <laughs> mostly fiction. I do read some nonfiction. I really like Eric Larson's books. Yeah. And I have, I like, there were some periods where I was, like, really into, like, biographies. I read like Hamilton's biography, books. but I primarily read fiction. That is she definitely the majority. She likes fiction books. Yeah. That's neither of you, right? Do you guys read more nonfiction? I know you do. I mean, I think established on this podcast, I read a lot of nonfiction. Yeah. Um, I think also established in this podcast that you don't like reading. I don't love reading. No. But you Do like I, some audiobooks. I like oh, most like audiobooks. Books. Like, I don't like physically reading. It hurts my back and the various other parts. Let's I go, think that's fine. Let's go ahead and get out of here that, that Kelsey finished this entire book. I did. <laughs> we, had to, we had some comments uh, from people who shall not be named <laughs> about Kelsey's unwillingness to finish the last book I recommended to her. Oh. 
It's really hard, okay? It's cool. It just means you like Stephanie more than you like me. It's fine. It's whatever. Well, you um, know. Not, not a big deal. We not don't her. really need to get into it. It was also like... You don't talk. <laughs> I'm not speaking to you right now. I'm speaking to my co-host, Kelsey Goldman. Again, I'll leave. Like segmented in that, like... I didn't miss anything necessarily by cutting out one of the segments. Can you I missed ask, the whole segment. <laughs> can I ask a follow-up question, though? Sure. Didn't you? <laughs> didn't you miss something? I guess I did. I'm not here to shame you, Kelsey. You're not? I am, but not specifically today to do that. What I'm trying to do is, and this is going to move sort of into me and Kelsey's experience with the King Killer Chronicle a little bit, but I'm trying to, Stephanie, get a grasp on your background in... in what you like to read because mm-hmm. I'm trying to grasp why it is that you and it seems like so many other people really enjoy this book. A lot of the world. A lot of people like it. There are some, listen, I have the paperback book right here. There are some raves on here. Mm. Um, AV Club called it one of the best stories told in any medium in a decade. Which, I think it's also. It was the first decade of the new millennium, which, you know, pretty spotty <laughs> decade as far as stories go. Well, I mean, I think it's very good storytelling. I think the way it's written is slightly different than a lot of books in a way sometimes i don't know like i think it, it's slightly different in the way it's told i think the writing is good you said you liked some yeah, of the writing no, that the, the, the one complaint i do not have about this this book necessarily is that the writing is bad the writing is very good the prose is excellent it's understandable and easy to read but not like um condescending mm-hmm. most yeah. of the time. The prose I really enjoyed. It's very clear. Yeah. It's always direct. It's it's warm in a lot of ways. It's very inviting. It's mm-hmm. I can see why people want to spend more time in this world. Mm-hmm. At least I could for the first 50 pages or so <laughs> because the framing device takes up about 50 pages worth. And yeah. then it is revealed that Quote is going to tell his life story. And that's what the whole book's about. And the book is going to shift from into the uh, first person past tense. And you cannot imagine how my disappointment at this at this turn. And I believe mine is. Uh, no, we were talking in person, not via text, were yeah. we? <laughs> um, I was like, I think mine is registered in written form. Because <laughs> I got I, the first fifty pages. Like, I really was enjoying the whole setup of the inn and like the six mm. guys who were there all the time. And I was like, okay, this could be fun. I'm I'm gonna go into this with an open mind. But the problem that I think both Jason and I had is that. Quoth, as a character, is not super interesting because he's good at everything. Listen, let's not mince words here. Quoth is a Mary Sue. (laughs) He's a character who is good at everything. He's better and smarter than everyone he meets in the book. And everyone that challenges him challenges him only so that the writer can show how much better Quoth is than they are. Can I just read a short thing? Which would be a lot easier to take if... He wasn't in first person. If it was like someone else telling the story, I I think personally. Yeah. But yeah. in a way, I feel like, like I feel like whenever someone's talking about themselves, they're gonna make them seem better than other people. Do then. you know me and Jason? <laughs> <laughs> that is, I take your point. But my problem is that we do have those sections in the present day when Quoth is telling the story. Yeah. And everything that happens in there seems to confirm the idea that Quoth is the coolest most badass, smartest guy in the whole world, and that everything we hear about him from himself should be taken as truth. Okay, like, I don't yeah. think there's really anything to back up the idea that he is an unreliable narrator. Yeah. I think my my main issue is that, like, I'm okay with him being super smart and great at things, and he's a hero. He's supposed to be good at most things. Like, But every time there's a moment where he makes a sort of brash, rash decision... Like, I'm totally waiting for him to, for him to get his comeuppance, like, Mm -hmm. for him, for him to have to realize that he made a mistake and not get anything out of this rash decision and, oh, learn a lesson. But he never does. Every time he makes a a decision like that, he's rewarded, and it, it was really frustrating for me. Were you going to read something? So they Um, have more context, or are we past it now? We we can can go past that. I I like Kelsey's point right here. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Because I agree, it, it removes all sense of suspense from any, anything that happens in the book because you know he's, anything he has to face down, he has to overcome, he's going to overcome and it's going to be pretty much fine. I mean, I can't argue with that. I think there are some consequences and I think that he has to deal with some stuff, but I mean, yeah, he does end up getting rewarded a lot. 
that that said, I think the world building is super great in this uh yeah. this novel. Again, which that's... is really important for a fantasy novel. Mm-hmm. Um it, it's a world that feels full and real and 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 interesting. Again, that's yeah. that's that's why I was sort of so frustrated when we jumped back in time because for the first 50 pages or so you're just dropped into this world with a little explanation and you can tell there's stuff going on and, and I was very curious to go out and explore and like, oh, how's Quoth going to get out there and like hmm. interact with this world and we're going to find out more things as like we're just going to get... I was excited to learn about the world through that point of view in terms of like action and adventure and then we jump back and we get to hear about how Quoth was an awesome uh, bard and he sang songs that made the minstrels weep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, I am going to jump back and read that thing I was going to read a second ago. Thank you, Stephanie. <laughs> so, sorry, interrupting. So, uh, no, I was, thank you for bringing us back. Um, this, this, is writ- this is written on the back of the book. It sort of is the uh, thing Quote says when he's int- introducing his story. I'm just going to read this real quick. My name is Quoth. I have stolen princesses back from sleeping barren kings. I burned down the town of Trebon, which, debatable. <laughs> I have spent the night with Felurian and left with both my sanity and my life. I was expelled from the university at a younger age than most people are allowed in. Which, also, debatable. Debatable. <laughs> that might happen later, though. Uh, I tread paths by moonlight that others fear to speak of during day. I have talked to gods, loved women, and written songs that make the minstrels weep. You may have heard of me. Vomit emoji, vomit emoji, vomit emoji. (laughs) Well, he also talks about how he likes, he sometimes embellishes the things that are said about him. Or he, like, they're not always, I think there's. To to me, that reads like the introductory speech of a teenage boy entering his first role-playing chat room. He is a a teenager when all this happens. When he's speaking, he's an adult, though. Like, the narrator is an adult. That's true. And, like... And, again, this is not the Takedown podcast. I'm not just trying to shit talk. I I, I want want to... I, I don't think this was a bad book by any means, and I think it was actually fairly enjoyable to read other than the parts that very much frustrated me. But, like having come off reading a book for our book club that I did not like at all and I did think was a bad book. <laughs> Do you want to name that book? No, I'm not going to. You don't want to call out? No. Okay. <laughs> cool. I, I haven't finished it yet, but I think that I'm not going to like it that much either. <laughs> it's okay. Um, uh, because I haven't come off just read finished reading that and reading this, I was like, this is kind of refreshing. <laughs> it's very well written and like, um, the, the world is interesting. I think... I felt like his motivations weren't super clear. Like, he's great at everything, and that's great, but he, when he becomes, um, as Jason said, like a Mary Sue, it's like, if he was great at everything, it'd be more, it'd be better if he had some sort of motivation that was driving the plot forward. And I feel like we, we get the motivation for a little bit at the beginning when his parents die or are killed. His parents are killed by a mysterious group known only as the Chandrian. And then, Am he, I saying that then right? we. I think so. That's how he says it in the audiobook, but we don't not trust that. <laughs> um, the audiobook also says that his name is Kavoth. Yeah. <laughs> no. So we lose like his motivation for a long time in the middle of the book, just to like talk about his adventures at school, which is fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I found the world building of the university really interesting. Like I thought the environment was super cool. Yeah. Um. But then when it comes back at the end, it's muddled by the girl. Who you don't like. Who I don't like. Dina. Oh, we had some issues with Dina. Not that I don't... Dina? Dina. I'm sorry, Dina, not Dina. Like, she's... I'm sure she's perfectly lovely as fictional characters go. But, like... (laughs) Well, you're not going to meet her outside of this at, like, a party. You don't have to be nice about her. She's She's, not real. She's such a, like, manic pixie dream girl. Like, Mm -hmm. she's so interesting and complicated, but, like... She doesn't really seem to care that much about him, and he doesn't know anything about her. And there's, and the great thing I appreciate is that Patrick Rothfuss writes other female characters that are interesting and are like complicated, but we know why. And like, I think all those other female characters are so much more interesting than the one he's so fixated on. And the only reason I can think of him being so fixated on her is that because like she turns later into something else, like. 
in like she's like she's the Chandrian or something. Like <laughs> oh, that'd be, so that'd cool. be a twist. It'd be a twist. Because like there's he narrates that there's this thing about her and she's so wild and lovely and complicated. And I'm just like, oh, bar. I mean, it could also just be the fixation of a teenage boy. Yeah. But he still feels that way as an adult. That's true. And and, and, and it seems like other men in the story see that too. Yes, like she's grown all, she's, men. They make a big deal of she's very popular with every man she meets pretty much. Yeah. And and yeah, I mean, like to your point, Patrick Rothfuss, he's got the goods. This book, as long as it was, and as frustrating as I occasionally found it, was very easy to read because he really, his style of writing is very inviting. As I said, it pulls you through the story. And, and and as much as I make fun of his, you know, quotes pronunciation of how many like magical tales there are of his stories, <laughs> hearing the idea like oh, th- like hearing that there are that many m- adventures coming up down the line does make you want to find out what they are. Yeah, and I think that was a lot a large part of what drew me in is that I started reading it and I just kept reading it. And so I, I think, think it's fun. Yeah, like I I do want to know what happens. I just got so frustrated with the Denna plot. Because it just feels so superfluous. Denna is a big problem, too, because she takes over about the last, like, 200 pages of the the book. Of the book, yeah. And it felt... Because if she's not something else, like, if she's not, like, something that is important to his overall quest, which I assume is to find and kill the Chandrian, (laughs) or, like, know more about them... I think so. Then she's not... Then there's no reason for his... Narrative. You should know. You're, you're two thirds of the way through the story. Uh, you should know. But then there's I don't know. All the, I don't. I mean, honestly, like I don't remember all that happens in the second book, and the third book isn't out, so no one knows the end. Yeah. But Denna's just so like flat as a character that it's really hard. It was really hard to read all the parts involving her because yeah. other interesting stuff is happening with other interesting people, like. Ari's really interesting. Fella's really interesting. Mola. There's like three. And oh, what's the the moneylender girl's name? Oh, Debbie. 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 She's she's, she's my cool. Yeah. She's, she's great. super cool. And I'm like, and I like on their first meeting, I totally thought they were gonna have a thing, but then Denna came, and I was like, okay. You're... What's funny is that Debbie is, seems like she's kind of into quotes. Yeah. Too, so it's like, <laughs> all right, let's see where this goes. And then and when... then he's just like, fuck you, I'm gonna go chase oh. this other girl. Uh, quotes narrator quotes spins no joke like a hundred pages before Dennis shows back up in the story as the love interest he's like he's like starts like building up like her reappearance in his life as this this and like he doesn't say who it is and then he spins like when he when she actually is about to physically appear again he takes a whole chapter to talk about how hard it is to describe her beauty and what makes her so special yeah. and then and then it shows up and then it's this girl it's Denna who we meet earlier in the book very briefly yeah and then we see her again. It's like, wait, it's her? What? What's so special about her? <laughs> and we, he never really shows us any reason why Denna would be so attractive to quotes, except the fact that he's a 15-year-old boy and this is kind of the first the girl, girl he's girl. ever known. But there are other girls who are clearly, like, pretty and interesting and into him. Like, And I, I, again, I, I, I'm, I can sort of buy into the, the idea that maybe he's just 15 and he wants to have sex. And <laughs> that's a totally understandable motivation for a teenager. But... In in the in the present day, we still get this whole like she's the most gorgeous, magnificent creature of all time. So there's no reason to think that he ever. There's no reason to doubt what he's what what we're being told is his experience. Yeah. One thing I do kind of like though is that their uh, Denna and quotes banter is really obnoxious. <laughs> but, but it does. But cap- like in the way that fifteen year olds banter would it, be obnoxious. It does capture the way you always feel like you need to be on yeah. when you're flirting with somebody. <laughs> And how exhausting it is for anyone else to hear it. So, <laughs> yeah, I gotta give him. I gotta give him commendations for that. Yeah, I mean, I think like I think I actually would have really enjoyed this book if it hadn't been for the last three hundred or so pages being taken over with that. Right, because he goes off to find out more information about the Chandrian, and she mm-hmm. basically just sort of shows up where See, he that, is. Like because she just shows up, like that's why I think she has the bigger role. Yeah. In, the, yeah. in the overarching plot, There's which a like, would make the whole thing make a lot more sense and be like really cool. 
But it is frustrating from this angle. Yeah, the fact I don't she, think she is the Chandrian. I want oh. her to be. <laughs> it's especially odd because the Chandrian is like a group of people. Is it? I, I'm yes. very confused. There's seven of group them. Of people. There's I, I was very confused too, so I understand your confusion. <laughs> okay. But it'd be funny if she was somehow all of the Chandrian. <laughs> <laughs> all of them. Well, but I'm also curious about the like master uh master ash or whatever who like oh yeah her her, pa- like, her mysterious patron. her mysterious patron yeah. like i wonder if he's connected but i don't know you still don't know I, that like, does not make me want to read the second <laughs> book very much I, we still I don't have, know that but i i haven't finished i haven't read it in a while and i forget what happens oh <laughs> i'm sorry but yeah like i i think it's just like that part frustrated me so much because i liked so many of the other female characters more than her and i thought and i, I also there's not really this sense of, like, building a team. I feel like a lot of fantasy books have that sort of, like, you know, this group of people is being founded to go on this quest. And that that's why I was really excited about the beginning with, like, the six of them in the inn. I was like, oh, yeah. okay. They wouldn't be that useful on a quest, I don't think. But we didn't, I didn't know anything about them at the time. Like... Um, we do find out later that they're all pretty useless. They're all pretty fight. useless, yeah. Um, but there's not really there's there's very much sense of quote and being a lonesome solitary hero, which is upsetting because he has all these very smart people around him who are interesting, and like I would love to see the the book that is about his like group of friends coming together to you know because he's got you know Sim and Willem and and. And, you know, Ari and, and Fela and Mola and, like, it's an interesting yeah, group. Yeah, and his interactions with um, Simon and, uh, and, sorry, Simon and, and Will yeah. are also, like, pretty entertaining. Like, yeah, yeah. Their, their friendship like is them. actually very nice and, and you know, like, yeah, very charming. Yeah, I, I think, like, the... And they even call him out when he's, like, later on is like, oh, Dennis so beautiful, but we can't be together. Simon is like, why, why not? Why? <laughs> and, 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 uh, and Quote is like, oh, you just don't understand. And you can just feel She's like... wild, you like can, a storm. You can feel his friends just rolling their eyes so he hard. He says that. No, he, I know, I know. She's not mean, she's cruel. Uh. The way a storm is cruel. <laughs> Ugh. Well, I think also, like, at the... I guess, like, at the end of all this, like, when in the present, when he's telling this story, he's alone, masquerading as a barkeeper, bar, bartender. Barkeep. Barkeeper, he keeps the bar. So he it's like... Barkeep? <laughs> So in a way, like, again, I don't know how he gets to this point, but it makes you wonder why he's alone and hiding out. I mean, we can assume that at some point... Something bad happens. He killed a king. I, I would, would assume that at some point he killed a king, yes. Hopefully. There's a point or will the, kill a king. There's a point towards the end where Bast is trying to comfort... Uh, Bast is his friend in the present day. Yeah, his, his only friend, basically. Friend? Slash student. Student? Slash student. possibly fairy captive. <laughs> it's kind of unclear. Yeah, there was definitely like. But but quote says you know oh you know this is this is my fault this whole all of this is my fault. Yeah. And you get the in, in in you get the feeling that quotes did something that really screwed up the world, which is again interesting, and I'd like to know what that was. See what I'm getting at here is this is just a really really long prologue. <laughs> quote the, even says at the end of this book. You're like, <laughs> This is a foundation for our real story that will begin tomorrow. It's like, I don't want to read 700 pages of a book yeah. t- for you to tell me this is the setup for the book. But it was interesting for the most part. I think, yeah. Because if, if I'm looking <laughs> but at it, it is. Yeah. If Go I'm ahead. looking at it as like, oh, Denna's going to have a larger role to play and we're just supposed to be lulled in this false, insecu- false sense of security here, and oh, Quoth is going to make mistakes and we're going to get them later, like, it's just too much. To be, like, because it, because even if it's a trilogy, like, one book should be a full narrative. And if that's what's going to redeem these parts for me, like, this isn't a full narrative. It's an incomplete narrative. And that's frustrating. Yes. Even, even Lord of the Rings, the first book, like, the full first book, stuff happens. Like, the Fellowship is formed and broken in the first book. And they get somewhere. And there's a climax. There's no real climax in this book, except that he kills a dragon that that was very tangentially related to the main plot yeah and i that was an issue for me yeah that there's no there's not really a climax. and i was like i thought it was gonna be a climax i thought we we're gonna have something to do with the chandrian but then it wasn't mm-hmm. um and like i think as a whole this trilogy as like one story might be very good but the first book doesn't want me make me want to read the second one i think the book could easily be 100 or 200 pages shorter I don't need a whole chapter about him buying shoes. 
there is maybe it's only half a chapter, but when I listened to it in the audiobook, it felt like it, it a full day's worth of my yeah. life of him meeting a shoekeeper who says, Oh, sometimes people with the nicest shoes have the dirtiest souls. It's kind of like that with people, too. Yeah, I get it. You didn't need to explain it. And also, I don't even know why you're here, Schumann. <laughs> Schumann? Um, yeah, I, and I, I, like to your point, I feel like there's probably a really good story in here, and I and that and the hints of that that we get are what really kept me mm-hmm. wanting to read more of the book. That and we promised Stephanie we would, but I don't think it needs to be this long. I think also, I think I did read it pretty soon after I had read Game of Thrones, yeah. and Game of Thrones has so many details about so many things and so many different plot lines. So I think I kind of appreciated that it was at least one person's story that there was a fair amount of detail. Mm. And I think it I, it's definitely better writing than Game of Thrones. I think so too. Like, I'm sorry, but yeah. And, um, also, and also, it is his first book. You can tell. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, sure, it's no, not perfect. I, I, think, I think the writing is better than Game of Thrones. I think this is too singular for me. And sure. Game of Thrones does have too many characters. Like, I gave up Game of Thrones when I opened the fourth book and, and none, none of, of the, the characters right, yeah. were ones I <laughs> recognize. Like, literally all the point of view characters are new characters and I was like, um, nope. Or ones you don't care about. <laughs> and, um... And to the same point, I, I believe I have not read the Game of Thrones books, but mm-hmm. I believe that as of, like, the fifth book's release, people were still saying, yeah, we don't know what the overarching plot of this series is yeah and that, that's like, a way there's worse. no answers that's way worse than one book yeah, that, yeah. That, 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 <laughs> as if, comparison if, if <laughs> Rothbus is gonna like I think not explain I his story just... for three books i'm glad it's not taking him 20 years to do it at the very although he's getting there he's getting there. he's getting he's taking his time i think i would have enjoyed this story from a third person point of view a lot more i uh, yes third person team we're just gonna change a couple of things. It'll be great. <laughs> I mean, not even like necessarily the team thing, but like even if it was just in third person, I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah. The the voice of the the omniscient narrator in the op- in the um, present day sections is, doesn't bother me. It has the same writing skill that Patrick Rothfuss clearly has, but yeah. it does. It's not weighed down with that obnoxious quote. <laughs> I know everything. <laughs> voice. That's fair. Um, and I it, and I you're looking at me like it's like. Oh. You're really thinking about what, 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 how you're going to kill me later. <laughs> no, not at all. Maybe it's just the way the microphone is set up, like the red light is like shining under your face. <laughs> Makes me more menacing. Giving you a, a menacing air, yeah. And that's not your fault. Yeah, like like I said, I, I, did, I actually did enjoy reading this and I wanted to know what happens. It just like parts of it frustrated me. Yes. The thing is like I don't really want to read a thousand page book to find out what happens. Stephanie, can you just tell us what happens? I told you I don't remember. No. And the third book has not been released yet. Yeah, but the second book has, and you've read that. Yeah, years ago. I, I don't have a good memory for things that I read necessarily. I mean, yeah, like looking back, I think it is it, it was good, and, and it did frustrate me, but I guess, you know, that's good. It made me feel something. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is well, a bit late, but do you want to talk about any preconceived notions, or? I don't know. Like, I, like you were saying, Jason, I were saying, I don't... Uh, I didn't read a lot of fantasy books. I read the Game of Thrones books up to book three, and I started four, and then I looked through all the chapter titles, and I was like, I don't know who any of these people are. Fuck this. Um, and I, that was kind of different, though, because I read them kind of along with watching the show. So when you think of fantasy books, fantasy novels, high fantasy series, what comes to mind? Well, the Game of Thrones. Game and, of Thrones. like, Tolkien. But, like, I don't know. Like, I'm not... Then there's those aren't the kind of things that I read very often because yeah. they're those have lots of weird names and <laughs> lots of apostrophes, lots of apostrophes as, you, as you put it earlier today. The, I was like, there's so many apostrophes. <laughs> um, I appreciated that the way the world building worked in this book, we didn't get too much of like uh, side characters turning and saying, "Oh, just like the mines of Bathael or the great war beneath the clouds." Like, there's not too much of that. Yeah, which always puts me off in any fantasy work. Yeah, I mean, when I think of fantasy books, I think of, like, long series with weird names with mysterious cloaked people on the cover, <laughs> which uh, describes this to a T. And uh, the length is always kind of off-putting to me, too. Yeah. Because th- this is the thing. Like, in the publishing world, when you submit a manuscript for a fantasy book, it's allowed to be a lot longer than a normal book. Because like, like, I guess they know the readers will go with it, I guess. So you me some, like, hard numbers on that? 
Like like fantasy books can be like 120,000 words long. And regular books? Like 80,000 is about normal. Huh. 80,000, 90,000. That's interesting that. Yeah. Like that's like a publishing standard, which is wild. I guess because people will allow more time for world building in fantasy books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of my problem is, and well, not my, I mean, that's not really a problem. It's just like something that keeps me from exploring fantasy literature more than I do other types of writing is that I prefer fiction that has some sort of, it has at least one foot in our world. Like it, it can, obviously I don't, it doesn't have to be an exact description of real yeah. life. I, I'm okay with some elements of the fantastical, but I prefer things that are at least set in a somewhat recognizable version of reality. And that's um, maybe maybe a failure of imagination on my part, but I think of it as just a preference for the kinds of stories that I like. I think you're also talking like like Harry Potter is like that. It's yes, it's a fantasy yes. world, but it's yeah. set in our like we we recognize the world that Harry comes from. Yes. It is the sort of like someone who comes from what we think our world looks like and goes into a new world. So like the world building and perspective of that, like. Is our like of the main character is also ours? Yeah, yeah. Like as as he's learning about the world, so are we. And so we can draw comparisons from our specific world, um, or even you know like stuff that's set in alternate history or alternate future or whatever. Yeah, like makes sense because it has a basis in something we understand. Whereas fantasy, I guess traditional fantasy is sort of based in medieval. Like, a lot of fantasy does seem to come from that sort of place, but I think it the idea is that it's kind of a completely different world. Ideally. Ideally. I, I, think, I mean, I think that's, like, what's obnoxious about people who are like, it's historical, like, with Game of Thrones or whatnot. Like, no, no it's fantasy. It's, it's, it's a whole new world. Anything can happen. Yes. You, um, Bye. This is, I, I, I was about to say that I'm not qualified to critique fantasy literature, and I'm very much not. But I'm, I'm still aware that there is a trend in when people say, criticize something like, like Game of Thrones, which I do watch, as not being diverse or treating women well enough. An excuse people often use is, well, you know, it's based on medieval times, and back then things were bad for women, and, and you know, brown people didn't exist. But it's not that world. It's a fantasy world. You could, anything could happen. Dragons are there. Anything can happen. <laughs> you can treat women well. Also, there were a lot more... There was a lot more diversity than people imagine. Yeah. That's that's also very that was, that's I, a good point. I just read Barger Gifts out on Tumblr. That's from Psych, and it's a... This is a great story thus far. Thanks. No, um, I think I've seen this. It's basically, he says, they're, um, they're on a movie set. He's like, this movie seems kind of white. And the director's like, well, it's set in 1800s England. And, and he was like, you're saying black people haven't been invented yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, like that. <laughs> like, it's, 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 it's bad in that, in historical literature and fiction too, but it's even more egregious in fiction, uh, sorry, fantasy fiction. Yeah. Because yeah. And to tie it back into the book we're actually yeah. supposed yeah. to be talking mm-hmm. about. that one. There's a sequence where Kaboth and the owner of the Aeolian talk about D- Denna yeah. and how, like, you know, how magical she is and whatnot. And um, Kvothe makes a sort of snide comment about women. And the owner, you know, to to his credit, sort of schools Kvothe on, well, you know, there's not a lot of options for women. She sort of yeah. has to live the way she does in order to survive. Um, and I sort of respected that at first, but I thought, well, you could have just made a world where women didn't have to do that. <laughs> like, the guy's argument is like, oh, yeah, she, she shacks up a lot of men. She has to because we live in such an oppressive society. And even in his own world, he's established that that's not necessarily true. Well, it's because she doesn't have any family or money. Because, like, I think the women, like, there are women at the university who are doing well for themselves. Yeah, like one in ten but is a woman. But he also establishes yeah. that Denna is, is a wonderful singer and has, like, um... She has a mimic's ear, I think he says. Um, and it's very emphasized that you can make money as a performer if you are very good, which it she appears to be. Like, and so that, that bother, like, I appreciated that, but it also bothered me a little. Yeah. Well, and I think it's that if you have a patron and she's been trying to get one, yeah. I don't know. Like, yes, it could be different. The whole system was but it's better than some. Yeah, no, yes. I'm not going to yes. knock it. It was, you know. Simultaneously, Kelsey, you were talking about this. It's frustrating because Denna is so flat in one note, but you can't write off Rothfuss as a as a writer or, or, or a sexist or whatever because the other women he writes are much more interesting. Yeah. So he clearly has the ability to write. I feel like also I saw something semi-recently on Twitter where he said something like getting opinions about how we write women, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. 
And again, this Unrelated was, to the book. This was written in 2007, so I'm sure he, as we all have, has grown since then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe you guys have been great from the get-go. Oh, no. I've had, I've 2007 had of, was before college. I've had a lot of learning to do. I'm, I'm much yeah. more woke mm-hmm. now. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Stephanie? What is your level of uh, wokeness? Um, I mean, I definitely have learned a lot and changed a lot. But are you? I don't really describe myself that way. I think it's kind of, I don't know. Describe yourself as what? In what way? <laughs> She doesn't want to say woke. It feels weird. It doesn't feel me. Yeah. I did enjoy the I, this idea in in this particular world of the name of the wind that the better you do on your test, the more you have to pay for college. I, think I thought it was the less you had to pay. No. Yeah. I thought it was the better you did, the less you had to pay. No, because they the, talk about how he, they just want to skate by. Well, if you go up in the levels, you have to pay more than if you're at the lower levels. Yes. And if you have, like, rich parents. Yeah, because the idea is... I liked the idea that if you are super well off, you have to pay more, but... (laughs) The idea is that Quoth sort of scams his way in. Well, not scams, but gets gets his way in without having to pay anything. And, in fact, makes them pay him to attend the university because he's so smart and (laughs) Which they regret almost immediately. (laughs) Which they should. He's not. He's not there for the right reasons. He's not there for the right reasons. This I should have mentioned this a while ago, probably when we were talking about positive things. But one section I found really like no qualifiers at all, very thrilling, and exciting, is when Quoth earns his golden pipes at the Eolian. Yeah. Because you have to. There's this system where in order to be able to play music in bars and earn money and get a patron for your arts, you have to win. Basically, the approval of the owner of the uh, Aeolian. And um, again, the section where he does it is the same. It's the same problem where you know he's going to win. And, yeah. And there's like he, there are challenges, but he's so good at everything that you know he's going to overcome them and succeed beyond your wildest dreams no matter you what. You almost think that he might not, though. But yeah, and, and, <laughs> and, and there's something about like his, like, because you, because um, one thing that's great about this book and is that the Rothfuss doesn't, he, he, I think there's a lot of, he maybe fails in some ways when, when he's trying to create this quest and adventure that Quoth is going on. But when Quoth is just trying to deal with his money issues and like earn enough money to eat and to like stay alive and buy clothes, that's actually really thrilling in a lot of ways. And so when he finally, like, after all this time, like plays music well enough to earn his basically licensed to play music and earn money for it, 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 it it's a real relief and you actually want to celebrate along with him and you I felt good for Quoth in that moment. That is, however, the exact moment that Dinah enters Shows the up again, yeah. So it's really straight down. Really bittersweet. Yeah, it's, I... It's sweet bitter. I... Oh. <laughs> I actually agree that um, the sort of, like, day-to-day stuff, like, I, I found the world building at the university, like, that whole segment very very good and I, I flew right through it and I wanted to keep listening to it and but like when he's trying more to like create this adventure part it's like mm. less I, good I, less I, compelling I feel hypocritical for saying that though because I was just saying the book is too long and has too much detail but <laughs> the problem is the detail is my favorite part it's just the story it's attached to doesn't maybe always work should, for me maybe the thing here is that it should just be more books like more shorter books Listen. Like six shorter books. <laughs> yeah, sure. Another problem is that he goes to this whole thing about how there's a lot of asides where, where quotes the narrator says to us, now if this were a storybook story or an old fairy tale, this would happen, but this isn't that. This is my real life. But I think part of it, part of that, movie. the part of that, that ties kind of into movie. what you guys are saying, which is like he kind of strays away from the plot. And he kind of, like, what are his motivations? Like, because it's his life, and he's living it as if it were his life. Yeah, but then he, like, he does this whole speech about how Draxes, like, aren't dragons. They're real things that exist. But a Dracus is a giant lizard that breathes fire. It is a dragon in every <laughs> possible way. So I'm saying, he, like, the, the whole tangent about, like, this is my real life. If, you, if you're going to fall back into the same fantasy cliches... Which, again, I'm not super qualified to discuss, but I think a dragon qualifies. Uh, why even have the whole conceit that this is just your life story? If it's going to end with you fighting and killing a dragon. I don't know, I think... Stephanie, do you have an answer for me? I have no answer. Sorry, I'm kind of looking at you while I'm, <laughs> I'm addressing these questions to you, which is not fair. I think the thing that I... I think the framing... 
what I was talking about before with, like, the full narrative, I think the thing that bothers me is that the narrative that we're following, like, the end of the narrative is the end of the first day of the framing device. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, that's not the major part of the story, so it's hard to... It's, well, but I would argue that that's part of the way it's just being told, part of the writing style that's slightly different than... That may be part of the reason why people such as yourself enjoy the book. Maybe. Is it because it is sort of idiosyncratic the way it ends? Yeah. Like just sort of with him being done talking for the day and not having a climax to his story. And in a way it does make you want to read more. Not necessarily you, but... <laughs> Maybe not me, <laughs> but the generic you. I, I will tell you, I will probably watch the TV show. There you go. That's something. Yeah. And I did I did honestly think there was a chance you would enjoy this. I, did, I, I, I don't think you I did not enjoy it. it. I did yeah. not enjoy it. Yeah, I did, we, we did not enjoy it. Because I, I have told you for years to read this. I, I enjoyed most parts of it. I just, I get overly frustrated at books sometimes. <laughs> Especially fiction, because like, because I read a lot of nonfiction. Yeah. Like, I know when I'm reading nonfiction, like, the author couldn't have done this differently because, like... They could have picked different words. They could have. I mean, like, assuming I'm not unhappy with the writing itself. Yeah. Which I wasn't in the case of this book. Like, I thought the writing was very good. Um, but you can, Chris, as the story in this book. But you can, I can, Chris, as the story because it's made up. <laughs> um, it's not even real. But. Didn't even happen. Yeah, I think it was. Well, if that's your criteria. <laughs> What is this? this is Wrong all... book. None <laughs> of this happened. No, I did, I did enjoy it and I didn't This has the... all been a big lie. <laughs> <laughs> it's storytelling. What it's is different this? than lying. I did enjoy the world building. And maybe it was just like it needed to be like built to me a different way or I needed to approach it a different way. Like sometimes I think like when I'm looking back on things, like if I had approached it a different way, I would have enjoyed it more. Did, did the dreading it help? <laughs> did the feeling that it was homework maybe... That usually doesn't help. Right. Um, so maybe but... maybe that the whole conceit of this podcast is maybe not the best idea. <laughs> is that what you're getting at here? No, I think I think what No, I'm just saying you guys were kind of not into it. <laughs> so <laughs> I wonder if that colors your perception. I was lo- it was for jokes. I was, lo- I was actually after reading the book I really didn't like. I was pretty looking forward to this. Good. <laughs> I was I was very, very into this until I checked the book out from the local library. Discovered it was 720 pages long. I knew it was that long, so. You could have have warned me. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, I forgive you. I think, I think it's like, I think I like going in with a little more sense of, like, going into something with a little more sense of the structure, and I think that would have helped, like, going in totally blind doesn't doesn't always work for me, (laughs) but, but I did enjoy it, and I like I liked all the side characters. Basically, I was like, sure. "This world is super interesting," which is why I think the visual version will probably be pretty good. Okay. Coming, coming soon. And I kind of want to know what happens to a television near you. Me too. Like that one. Like that one right or there. That one. What the in TV? our studio? Our professional studio could, with uh, no TVs? Have TVs in who, our studio. Who brought these TVs in here? <laughs> Why this is you must have us crossbooked with somebody else. Um, so anyway. get the manager of this studio on the line right now. I'm sorry we didn't like love love this. It's okay. We, it we, is. Did, we didn't not like we it. Didn't you did not, not like, it. like it. No. I High mean, praise for us. We would tell you if we didn't like it. Um Trust me, she... There's, yeah. there's a lot of criticism, but the overall thing is that you did it not like it. You liked parts of it. I liked a lot of it. That um, works. Are there... Is there anything else you now, knowing how we felt about this book, would recommend to either Jason or I? I mean, I have another fantasy-ish series that I would recommend to people who liked this book. Okay. I don't know if you guys would like it. Okay. Let's hear it. <clears throat> um, so there's a book called The Lies of Locke Lamora is the first book. The series is the Gentleman Bastard series. Boy, I'm not loving this. So far. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of in the way. I mean, here's why I enjoyed it. They're kind of long books. There are a couple of them. Uh, Sounds familiar. It, it's by Scott Lynch. It's fantasy-ish. There's some magic. The main character isn't really magical. He's a thief. There's a little bit of a Robin Hood feel of taking from people and giving it to other people who need it. And I enjoyed it. But it's also kind of a character that is kind of good at stuff. Is it first person narrative? 
I would have to check. I don't remember off the top of my head. Hmm. Can I ask you a question about your recommendation? Mm-hmm. Or rather, a question about a different recommendation? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about The Magicians? Hated it. Really? Hated it. Hated it. Hated it. I started the first book and I did not finish it. But it's like a... What did, did you watch it or read it? I, I reading this book I, and being so enamored about the parts where he's at school and meeting people made me think, I wonder if that magician's book is any good. So the thing with the magicians is every single character is very, very hateable. Every character okay. is a terrible person. Hmm. Are you saying, Jason, that you like the parts where he's at school and he's learning magic? Ooh. Yeah, is there? I'm looking for a book series. It's like all about someone being at school and learning magic, and, and learning magic, and also like has a pretty like full narrative in each book, and yeah. also kind of like based off of real life, but then goes into fantasy. Yeah. Do you, Do you guys know any books like that? <laughs> nope. Before, no. Wait, wait, wait. One qualifier. I want the main character to have a lot of sex. Oh. How about a little bit of kissing? <laughs> mm, I'll take it. <laughs> Um, so we're talking about Harry Potter here. <laughs> yeah, that's the thinly veiled reference. Well, what do you mean? It's a book series. About it's a book series. Learning magic at school. Oh, that's what Harry Potter. Oh. <laughs> My thing with the magicians is, I think the idea is to make fun of book series that do that. It's like a mean uh, satire. It's, it's much more consciously um, about Harry Potter. Yes. Yeah. It's it's. I, I, but well, all sorry, of you, you all of it. the characters are terrible, and I don't like it. I mean, maybe you would like it if you like terrible people who do terrible <laughs> things and are I, really mean to each other. I don't not like stories about terrible people doing terrible things. Are we supposed to think they're terrible, though, or are they just inadvertently terrible and the author doesn't know? Oh, they're terrible? clearly terrible. They're supposed to be terrible. So which is, is that what makes you think it's a satire? No, I think it. I think they said it was a satire. I mean, I don't, I don't know what the whole point of it is, but it's kind of like people going to school, but like magic doesn't make lives better; it makes them worse. Whoa! I think is what it was getting at, but I don't know. I wish you could see I just, I didn't an unamused face right now. She, but it's also con- the contemplative. I just, I, I couldn't. I didn't like the writing either. I just couldn't get through it. Which is, I've read some terrible books. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Same here. I didn't tell you. I finished that series. Yeah, you series. Can tell me. You oh, can okay, tell yeah. Me, yeah. Yeah. That was bad. It was bad, but it was better than The Magicians. What series is this? I can't about say it. that in a recording. Really? Really. Really. We'll tell you after we stop is it, recording. Is it, is it sensitive information? To me not being embarrassed, yeah. <laughs> um, Jason, do you have... Any recommendations for Stephanie? Yeah. <laughs> cool. I do. So, um... Is it not to recommend books to you? <laughs> yeah, I have recommendations. Stay out of my life, Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me what to do. You started this podcast. The two of you. Mm, fair. So, I, um, You're pretty far in my life. It'd be really hard to get you out. We, we have a, we've ruined each other's lives a number of times. Yes. <laughs> One thought I had while reading this book was that I don't know if you've read the Dark Tower series by Stephen King. Have I you have guys not. Read? Well, if any of our listeners have read it, um, so Alice, if you've read the Dark Tower series. Uh, <laughs> we need this, to get Alice on the What podcast. this book reminded me of is the fourth book in the Dark Tower series is called Wizard and Glass. And it, what it is is they are the main characters on it are on a crazy fantasy adventure and they stop so that the main character can tell the story of his life before he met the main characters. His, I mean, his other, his other companions. Okay. And it's a story of, like, childhood magic and love and loss. And it's well-written, but everyone I know who's read this series sort of, like, stalls out a little bit on book <laughs> four. Because it's well-told, but it's so long. And it's a break from the story you care about. And what this what the King Killer Chronicles reminds me of is basically a full series of that. Story. Of that. <laughs> so, uh, in short, I'd like to recommend the Dark Tower. Cool. Series. The whole series. How many books are in that? There's seven. Okay. There are. Um, there's seven. They're long. I was, I, was about, I was about to say there's one, and there's six more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what I meant to say is the first one is like 200 pages. Okay. 
and they, they don't get really long until the end. So, and, and the, Mike be, Potter. Yeah. The first one is called The Gunslinger, and it was written, to be fair, when Stephen King was 19 years old. Wow. So he's gone back and he went back and revised it a little bit mm-hmm. since then to make it better, but it's still kind of rough. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say if you read that one and it seems kind of interesting, at least give the second one a shot because the writing style immediately changes to the Stephen King that exists now. I have wanted to read more Stephen King. Yeah, well, I recommend those because they're not really what you imagine as Stephen King because they are more um, in a way that I, I don't want to sort of describe them because I don't want to spoil too much, but yeah. they're, they're, they have more ties to our world. Mm-hmm. Like the world he's in, the fantasy world is sort of kind of vaguely uh, post-apocalyptic westernish. Western, yeah. yeah, and there's there's also magic and there's overt fantasy elements that's going on. There's a, there's a cyborg bear in the third book, which I really enjoyed. <laughs> so we should definitely read that before the movie comes out and ruins it, right? Uh, it might be good. <laughs> the casting in the movie is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Are you kidding? Idris Elba as Roland? I mean, I haven't read the books. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, just, I mean anything with Idris, Idris Elba. Elba. I mean, it's fine. Idris Elba as the lead in a fantasy adventure series. Yeah, that's pretty Into amazing. It. By yeah. itself, that's amazing. Yeah, by itself, that's amazing. And Matthew McConaughey is the villain. You don't, you haven't read this, so you don't know yeah. the villain and what he's like. But that's that's fantastic casting. <laughs> uh, anyone? So Alice, if you've read the books, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Alice. Come on. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Alice, you need to come on the podcast. Did you hear Alice? Alice today told me she doesn't like Sense8. <sighs> Alice! What happened, Alice? <laughs> you were the chosen one. Anyway. It's the only good show. <laughs> <laughs> it is the only good show. Okay, well, I guess that about covers everything I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, Stephanie, any final thoughts? I don't think so. You re you reread Name of the Wind in preparation for this, which thank you. Yeah, nice of you. For that. Does it still hold up for you? I think it's still very interesting. I still really like it. Yeah. Good. Okay. Good. Good. Well, I guess that's it. Yeah. Um, special thanks to Dania Bowd of the Weeping Willards for use of their song, "Outside in the Rain." It's a good song. <laughs> Download it on Bandcamp today. Or tomorrow. Or tomorrow. Or the next day. Or yesterday. What? <laughs> what? Special thanks to Carly Sussman for designing our logo. Thanks, Carly. I feel bad because we didn't thank anyone last episode. But we did. Because we got too drunk to remember oh, to thank fuck. anyone. <laughs> um, but they don't listen to this anyway. But it's, yeah. still, it's nice because having those things really makes it feel like it's a real podcast. Yeah. Which and... we obviously don't carry that through to our work. No. So I'm glad that they shouldered that part of this responsibility for us. Mm, that's good. Yeah. Um, and next time we will be discussing uh, Jason and I's friendship origin story. Yes, it's ruined my life origins. <laughs> um, we're going to be talking about a little show called The 100. <laughs> that's right. We're going there. We're going there. The episode you've all been waiting for. I have it's, a lot of feelings about it, guys. It's finally coming. <laughs> Kelsey's going to cry. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Special thanks to Stephanie Walker Yeah. For, for joining us today. Thanks, guys. Hope you had some fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. Sorry we just mostly yelled at you about the book you like. That's fine. I'm used to it. Really? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, well, signing off here from um, Studio Studio 4H <laughs> in Manhattan, New York City, I'm Jason Edwards. I'm Kelsey Goldman. I'm Stephanie. Ah. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. (laughs) They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up. Can't let them get to me. And even though I always fuck my life up, only I can mention me. They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up Can't let them get to me And even though I always fuck my life up Only I can mention me Only I can mention me Only I can mention me Okay, okay, we're just gonna have to talk for a little bit so I can make sure we have this right Oh no, I don't wanna talk Okay. Hey. Oh my Not gosh. to you people. Sorry, Kelsey, do you have something else going on over there? Uh, James Monroe Iglehart's going to play Lafayette. Who and is he that? Was in, he was, he's that big guy who plays the genie in Aladdin. 
Oh. oh. He's super funny. Really? Yeah, this guy. <laughs> oh, that's an interesting. I know, it's like that's a super like shift in casting, yeah, but I like it. Like a very limber tall guy to a pretty sort of like. He's pretty limber. He's a limber? Okay. He, he's dancing. I think he's fit. I think he's, he's like. He fit? He's fit. Oh, he's, yeah. he's like so fat. I think he had to dance a lot in Aladdin. But he's really funny and I'd like to see it. In it? Anyway, in it? In it? In it though? Um, Stephanie, say something that'll make Kelsey laugh because we need to get her laugh on record. <laughs> so make sure that. Um, just, it's a sound issue. Oh, I don't know. What's something real funny that Kelsey thinks Just is sing Blink 182 in a Cockney accent and I will crack <laughs> up. Well, we're, we're recording right now, so uh, Stephanie, you want to take it from here? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> She's already <laughs> laughing. Na 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 na. It's so funny. What's my age again? That's not it at all. What's my age again? What's my age, age again, again? Governor? <laughs> Ow. <laughs> I could not Hold stop laughing in the car. Small thing. <laughs> True care. True brings in it. In, in it. it. In it. <laughs> I want to incorporate uh, that into my speech. The um, what speech? In it. In it. What speech? Like that's no, not what, what I asked. Really speech. The, whole, the, whole th- the speech I'm giving in front of the whole class next week, Stephanie. <laughs> that's oh, gonna be a really know. good uh, after credits. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, it sounds okay. Uh-huh.